A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, the best bits of this afternoon's show. Andy, what do we like today? Well, we came across a guy that's taken the Britain's most popular car, the Cozy Tyke, yeah. and turned it into a roadworthy vehicle. He has, that's right. Uh, we had a bit of a chat, and then we talked about magnet fishing. Yeah, and you know, not really a sport, but kind of. Oh, yeah. And Martin Kellner with his week of sport on TV, on good form as it. He certainly was. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And I love the story. I'll talk about last night in the cricket in a sec, but I love this story this morning. Uh, the nine-year-old boy, Riley Stancombe, oh, yeah. who grew his hair very, very long and has now had it cut and, and in a lovely way has donated his hair for wigs for children to, you know, who are suffering from cancer. Oh, it's yeah. a really nice story. Mm. But his mum said, uh, he, talking about his hair, she said, he was a bit inspired by Gareth Bale with the long hair. So I was thinking... Do you pay him to stay at home and not go to school? I'd pay him an absolute fortune. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. Uh, now, to uh, last night, I started off watching the cricket. Mm. I thought I was actually going to explode yeah. when Rizwan, the excellent uh, wicketkeeper, took a catch off Joe Root. I'm you you rarely see that these days, do you? <laughs> See, that's what happens when you've got a wicketkeeper who can actually keep wickets. Yeah. Oh, God. And... Th- it's amazing the England have been absolutely slaughtered in the press today and mm. I was sitting at home watching I, I do apologise I did, I, I did get a bit put off it's it's different here because the, the screen's quite small but yeah. I'm sitting at home in front of my big uh, well we were chatting to Mike Pieri uh, <laughs> about the Olympiacos uh, game against Wolves and I'd asked a couple of questions yeah. and I thought well I've got to let Andy in and I um, and I yeah. looked at him and uh, a thousand yard stare I got he said oh I'm sorry I'm watching the cricket <laughs> sorry about that. sorry to interrupt your cricket watching mate great isn't it finish it so frustrating because I've seen these qu- singles, quick single, quick single, quick single, and you're thinking, "Oh, Root, really? You're you're a fine cricketer, but you're an absolutely you're never going to be a captain in a million years. I'm sorry, he's not any better. You're going. I mean, even as a sort of like Middlesex Division Four captain, you go bring the field in, bring the stop yeah. the single. Then if they want to get runs, they've got to go for it. They've got to go over the top or something like that. Then he brought himself and Bess on, didn't he, well, early in the afternoon? And, you know, Anderson and Broad had, had a bit of success you know, earlier no, on. No, let's well. not take anything away from Pakistan. They're a really fine cricket team now. I think they're right up there with Australia. They've got a lovely, balanced team. They've got interesting bowlers, very good batters. But, you know, and but it should this game should have been really exciting. I think England maybe will make... 200 here or something like that that's what they should have got yeah you know Butler's mistake cost 110 runs and not just the 110 runs but everybody batted it was a wonderful innings once he'd been dropped on 45 and missed stumping on 45 he went on to play brilliantly for the next Mm. 110 runs let's not take that away from him it was a wonderful innings 
but it should never ever have happened and then you, you just think the way the selectors are it's just the whole thing is so wrong about English cricket it could be you know when you think about how much the ECB spent central contract I'd ask for me money back <laughs> honestly what's the point when you look at you know Pakistan they, they, they're doing it's so difficult for them they can't even play at home they've yeah. just started again you think come on now you know you're, so you're saying they're resource. pampered Andy and they shouldn't be they well, should be they, putting in better performances I do I, I just think I just thought it was things that could be avoided you know if a team's better than you that's fine <clears> that happens <throat> but the way the things England did and the way they played was pretty poor in that and uh, now they're they're up against it well you can look forward to the football instead tonight I think we're all looking yes. forward to that should be an absolute cracker um, I want to talk about last night last though. night I really enjoyed mm. that as well yeah very good I did but uh, that goal that was disallowed for offside yeah. I mean, that was another armpit one mm. And I mean, Arsene Wenger's looking at this, but I mean, it is so not quickly enough because next season it will be uh, under the UEFA rules. Peter Walton explained it. He said it's the new shoulder rule, and you look at it and you think, "Are you stupid?" The problem at the moment with football is the people who are deciding the, the rules and the rules, they come from a wrong background. They come from a refereeing background. They don't. I, they'll say they love football. My contention is they don't love football because if they love football, they'd come up with a way that favoured the attacker. The, the thirty-four goals were ruled out by VAR for offside. About a vast majority of them were like these really tight things. You know what's the point of that? And um, you know, basically, I. <laughs> The solution, I've got a friend who's sort of, you know, very interested in refereeing, very interested in all matters of this, of, of officialdom. And he, I said to him, what would your solution be? And he said, my solution would be to have the thick blue and red lines as the TV shows. But if the red and blue lines are touching, then the benefit goes to the attacking team. That would get rid of all the two centimetre disallowed offside goals. Because I said to him, what, do, what does a linesman look for in when, when you know, do you, are you looking at the feet? Because the, one with the problem with that one last night was... He's feet and his head were onside yeah so any by any reason that is onside mm. how many goals are scored with your shoulder yeah I, I can't even remember one you know it's it's pathetic and so therefore you know we're stuck with this and it's such a shame because these people basically they're i, I don't know if their role is to ruin football i don't know what their role is probably not but it's not no, it probably it's wasn't not, on their cv it's not when they applied for helping. the job it really Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Well, ideally, ruining football. <laughs> okay, well, when can you start then? <laughs> it's so. He poor. knows. He knows his stuff. Your mate, doesn't he? Well, he does. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Me and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. There, the news from Joe that salary caps have been agreed in the EFL. 2.5 million wage bill maximum per clubs in League One, 1.5 million in League Two, including image rights and agents' fees. Yeah. Um, so if Gareth Bell went to a League One club, nobody else could be paid. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Imagine blow. That would be the worst. What a terrible thing to do. To just do all the budget. Do all the budget on Gareth Bale and just hope for the best. Put out kids around him. It sounds sensible on the It face, does. I think, it, you know, a lot of the owners have been pushing for it. So, uh, yeah, there we are. More on that, I'm sure, a little might bit later. It might cause a few problems within dressing rooms, though, mightn't it? If you've got an overall thing and then X is getting more than Y and, you know, all that sort of well, I think that goes on in every anyway. Andros Townsend say this week oh, that yeah. Eric, Eric Lamana was on 70 grand and he was on 5 grand <laughs> yeah. and he was getting in the team ahead of him I know so you know good it, value isn't he old Eric <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Certainly paid out if you amortise it over the 22 years he appears to have been at Tottenham and still hasn't quite got to grips with it, the Premier League. Anyway, uh, there was... Um, Frank Warren said earlier on he, he saw Derek Chisora driving about in the West End of London in a smart car. Really? Yeah, no, I, I, that's an interesting combo. He's yeah. a big man, Derek, isn't he? He is, but it's a very useful car. Yeah, but, you know, a small, big, big man, small vehicle. Yeah. Which leads us on to our next guest, because he, I'm sure your kids, or maybe even you if you're young enough, add one of the little tykes' cosy coupes, the little red and yellow uh, kids' mm. cars, always a joy. Well, Paul Redshaw is an engineer and a car restorer, and he's always fancied making a road-legal version of the little tykes' Cozy Coupe. Mm. And he's now done it. Good afternoon, Paul. Hello. Yeah, well, that's weird. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. I'm looking at, <laughs> looking at a picture of you now, much like Derek Chisora in a smart car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. I mean, we should say that it's, it's the, the actual uh, Cozy Coupe part of the car is sort of then put onto a, a frame, isn't it? It's not like you've, you've added wheels and an engine to that because there literally would be no room for you and that, would there? No, that, I, I did try and fit in a cosy coupe once, and it didn't end well. <laughs> uh, it, um, no, it's, it's a complete scratch-built chassis um, that I've made. How did uh, it, so? How did um, what sort of engine has it got on it? How fast can it go? It's it's a Honda engine, um, right. the sort of Honda engine you see on pretty much any sort of piece of small equipment, generators and stuff. Uh, it actually came from a, a small road sweeper okay. um, it's nine horsepower and it will do about 20 25 mile an hour at the minute i bet okay. that feels quite fun and uh, you just yeah. about fit in the sort of red and yellow bit yes <laughs> your head's yeah, popping out yeah, the top sort of. <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually two of those cars cut and joined together to make it bigger cut and shut is it cut and oh, shut dear me <laughs> <laughs> the uh, that's very poor. Yeah. yeah, the 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 steering wheel though, which is lovely. You've kept the same size. You've kept the original size. You have got this tiny it's kind of getting lost in your hands, isn't it? Yes, it's the original one off the car, and the little <laughs> squeaky horn still works as well. <laughs> oh, fantastic! So, have you taken it out on the road? Have you had a little drive around on it? I I have round my estate where I live because it's it's a private road. Hmm. Um, but if, if I've not been on the public road because. I've spent a lot of time trying to find a way, exploring loopholes and whatever, to try and get it road registered. Right. But I, I just can't find a way to do it anywhere, anywhere remotely legally. So, no. Would you have to, you'd have to put seat belts on it, wouldn't you, and things like that, wouldn't you, I would imagine? Oh, there's so many things that would have to be done. I'd have, I'd have to entirely rebuild the thing or start again. So right. I, I sort of gave up on that idea in the end. Why, why did you do it? Yes. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> uh, a bit of fun. Um, yeah. For, for many years, I've taken the, my kids camping to a, a car show, um, the Retro Rides Gathering, which is now held at Shelsley Wall Shillcline. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that's grown from that show is campsite transportation. People take odd little buggies and garden tractors or whatever to to drive around the campsite and travel to the toilets and back and whatever else um i, I took an old lawnmower one year just to drive around right. um, and uh we've been told my ideas and one day my me, me daughter sent me a picture um of, of a an original little cozy coupe that uh somebody had 
put a fake engine on the front of some go-kart wheels and push the kid around in it, which mm. a few people are doing. She asked me if I could build one of them. And I said, uh, yes, but I want to be able to drive it. So I instantly made the project more difficult for myself. And, and went from there, really. Lovely. It's, I, I'm sure even in, even on your estate, it's uh, it's turning a few heads, isn't it? All people know what you... They're expecting you to drive around in yeah. dark contraptions, are they, if you're neighbours? Well, yeah, some, some of the neighbours are a, a bit more aware of what I'm like anyway mm. than the most conventional of people at the best of times. Um, so, yeah, but it, it does... It, yeah, wherever I take it, car shows... Steam rallies, anything, anything like that, any sort of show. There's always a crowd around it. Yeah, fantastic. And, and do you, is this your profession? Because you, you you restore old diesels and all sorts of things. Is this what you do for a living? Well, yeah, I um, I run a small um, engineering business with my father, uh, predominantly restoring and repairing vintage diesel engines for the Noah boat industry. Okay, good stuff. Interesting. Well, look, um, people can go and sideline. People can go and check this out. Have you got any other plans? I mean, there are other things that they do in the old little tykes range. They do a log cabin, and we've spoken to a bloke before who can make a shed go ninety mile an hour. So, yeah, I think the little—if you could put an engine on the log cabin—that might be quite nice. It, yeah, I, I have got an idea for the next project. Oh. It's, it's going to be on a slightly bigger scale. Um, it's going to be a well. I've already got the an old ride-on tractor mower. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm going to try and fit a CBR 600 motorbike engine in it. Oh, okay. Well, we look. We look. We look <laughs> for. That will be road registered. We look forward to it. Uh, thank you very much, Paul. All the best. Go, people should go and check this on. Um, it's on YouTube and it's all. It's all online. It's uh, Paul driving around in his uh, little cosy coupe. Sensational. Well done to him. Good I'm going to get you British one, Andy. I mean, you're small enough. You'd be all right. I'll just get you one of them as a way to get into work. I need an extension for my bowling ball stomach. <laughs> now. I don't even fit in. A bit of a head turner for oh, you, isn't that's it? That's nice, isn't it? I can't. Mm. I can't wait. Um, nice. I love these. I always enjoy a waste of ink to the uh, tabloid press when it, it's just basically a statement of facts and it doesn't add anything. This is a classic. This yeah. from John Wilson uh, in Leighton in East London wrote to the Sun today. He said Arsenal are planning to make 55 staff redundant due to the impact of the pandemic whilst paying Mesut Ozil 350 grand a week yeah. and Ozil didn't play a single minute after the restart yeah thanks very much for adding nothing <laughs> what's the point <laughs> we all know that it's not even an opinion that's just a statement now, Andy there was a, a film emerged today um, or it certainly is still emerged today I don't know if this is from last night it was on it was online and it's of Adama Traore being greased down on the arms. He's having baby lotion really? uh, rubbed into his arms to stop people uh, defending grabbing him, grabbing him, and pulling him back. Yeah, so look at that. There's one of the physios at Wolves rubbing the old baby oil into the arms to make sure <laughs> that he can't be that he can't be pulled back by defenders. It's <laughs> clever, isn't it? Yeah. Very clever. I've just I, not I, seen I, that what, before. What happened to him last night? Because I, did he get subbed? Because the thing is, I was trying. I was trying to watch. Oh, you were trying Wolves. to watch. We were watching replays of the cricket. No, I was trying to watch the Wolves game and the golf. The golf was very exciting. We're going to talk about that later. So, I'll tell you what was mad in the game last night. Pedenza hit on two yellows before the game, and then gets a third for walking off at the wrong part of the pitch right at the end. You think, yeah. and then misses the next game. I know. And what a donut. <laughs> He obviously didn't realise he was on two yellows. I don't know. I mean, you knows? do worry, didn't you, that 
Is it Tuesday they play now against Sevilla? Is it like just a game too uh, far? It'll be a tough it? game. They've got a great record in this tournament. As they were saying be, last I mean, night. that was a tough. Yeah. That was a tough game last night, and that'll be tough on you. Mm. Just wonder if it that might be a bit leggy Tuesday. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't like to write Wolves. No, off, no, you, 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 it's, it, yeah. it, but um, they've done brilliantly mm. well. Uh, this uh, to get this far, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, we're going to be looking at City uh, against um, Real Madrid this evening. No Sergio Ramos, which is a shame because you do love his, his particular brand of s housery, <laughs> especially in a big match. You can't beat you he's, can't beat his body. Has ever a man got away with body checks the way he has? It's almost like referees don't <laughs> spot it. <laughs> it was great when it was him and Pepe. He is. Pepe for me was the finest actor ever to take to a football field. I mean, it was, honestly, rather trained yeah. the way he can fall and the way he can make out. He was in the fan. bill actually and casualty. Pepe, <laughs> if you look out for him, yeah, on his in the program. Yeah, like you go to the theatre. Other things he'd done: the bill and casualty. He was in both. Old as good. well. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Oh, here we go. Anyway, uh, we're going to have a chat with John Norman uh, in a moment, but I think we're going to be doing that sooner rather than later because we are heading back to. Old Trafford, where John, sadly, from England's point of view, another wicket has fallen. Yeah, absolutely. Dominic Bess has just been done by Yasser Shah. What, what Bess is uh, the score now? 161 for seven. He's been caught by a flying first slip. What Bess was trying to do was trying to stifle the spin. He was essentially trying to play mm. the shot that Joss Butler was trying to play that saw him dismiss, getting back well in front of pad, no gap whatsoever. So all Yasir Shah's doing, realising how Bess is uh, going to be playing, he's not going for the bold or the LBW, he's going for the outside edge, and that's what he's got. Good catch by Assad Shafiq. But this is going horribly wrong now for England, who just about got through that first session, Oli Pope the only dismissal, but... Pakistan look threatening with every single bowler. And what they've got and what England don't have is variety in their attack. Mm. And it just means if there's a little bit of a slow period, if the ball's not doing so much, if a bowler's off form or a bit tired, uh, the captain, Azhar Ali, has got plenty of options. He's got in Shadab Khan a number seven who is a bowling all-rounder. He hasn't even bowled yet. So we haven't even seen all the tricks that Pakistan have in that up their sleeve. Brilliant from Pakistan, uh, less so from England, 161 for seven. This is an embarrassment, isn't it, for England, this? I mean, you think how well-resourced English cricket is and how difficult it's been for Pakistan. And Pakistan are a wonderful team, but, you know, it's it's. I find this incredibly embarrassing. And there needs to be changes in England. They can, we can't keep going on with the way we perform. You know, one test we're useless and the next test we're all right. And then, you know, the captaincy isn't good enough. The wicketkeeper should be a proper wicketkeeper. The bowling doesn't have enough variation, as you've just said. There's so much wrong with it. And I just can't see how this can continue in the way that it is. The other thing, of, of course, and this is a, an area that I thought England would play to England's strengths, is that they've just come off the back of three test matches. They should be absolutely on it. OK, a little bit of tiredness, hmm. possibly. Um, but Pakistan haven't played a test match in the best part of seven months. And yet it looks like it's Pakistan who've come in match ready and not England. Look, credit... It's a better team, isn't it? It's a better selected team. It's a better balanced team, well, you know? It, it, it is on this showing. But, you know, Pakistan's batting is brittle. Shadab Khan is not a number seven. Um, the fact that... Shad, it goes back... I'm sorry to, to harbour on about this. You've made mention of it. You've got to take your chances. If Shah Massoud's dismissed for 45, Pakistan's oh, yeah, don't score 326. No, this is 200 place 200, and, isn't it? And yeah. England, if, if, if Pakistan score 225, 250, England at 164 for seven, still in this match. 
Yeah, yeah. and there's, you, know, you haven't got that scoreboard pressure as well. You're not chasing. We've seen a week. I've just said to Paul in the break that there's a certain irony in the in the fact that that catch off Butler was caught off an inside edge, a very difficult catch, unless you're a proper wicketkeeper. And so we've seen two great wicketkeeping catches off spin. Can, you know, contrasting to Butler, it's 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 just not necessary. It's it's just you know. Ah, there's no sense to it. It's really frustrating, but there you go. John, we'll get back to you later. Thanks okay, very nice. much. Uh, John Norman, their cricket correspondent, but, uh, yeah, England, uh, you know, got a lot of work to do. Mm. Um, anyway, Andy, what else do you want to talk about? What else have I got here? Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. There was a very interesting report this morning about sniffer dogs being trained to sniff out, you know, like medical detection dogs that can yeah. sniff out various serious diseases. And they're thinking that they're could be able to sniff out COVID-19. which would Have they be, been testing They've been that? testing it. And it's been working. And it's been working, but obviously, like all this testing, it needs to be expanded. And, yeah. you know, they, so it's, it's only in the very early stages. But, you know, it could be a game changer. You can imagine, because we've all, haven't we, walked past the dogs when you go to football, they're sniffing for drugs, they're sniffing for explosives or whatever they're looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in airports and things. So this could be, you know, what if I think of some way of getting fans back... It could be something that could happen. It could be the dogs that make all the difference. Well, it could be. It would yeah. be nice to think it could be, but we'll we'll see. Maybe we'll explore it further later on. I mean, if, if it's sniffing out uh, COVID-19, mm. you don't know you got it. You're just uh, sort of wandering up to the match without a care in the world. You're asymptomatic. It'd be a bit of a shock, wouldn't it? It'd be sent home. Well, yeah, but you'd rather know, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know? and don't, uh, I mean, the other key is to d- don't go with a lamb chop in your pocket. Don't go to the football, <laughs> because that could really throw them off the scent, couldn't it, literally? And, you take a lamb chop to football. Well, you have. I'm, I'm, I've known you put bits of meat in your white jeans in Brazil, but that's another story. That's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a nice picture of Boris Becker and his girlfriend uh, on their yacht, and they were away in Spain. Blimey. I thought he was bankrupt. He's doing a right with a yacht, isn't he? Boris, you know, he manages to get by. But it's funny how people go for the same time. Every, either his two wives, the girlfriend, and cupboard assignations all look the same. They've all got the same well, type think, of woman. He has a type. Clearly, well, he does. He clearly has it's a type. very clear. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, a letter today about uh, Summer Monty's Fulham have been promoted. Yeah. She's now getting letters written about her. It says, uh, Anne wrote to the Daily Star, she said, is Paul Hollywood's ex-girlfriend Summer Monty's Fulham have been promoted? Not a name. Famous enough for I'm a celebrity or strictly. What did I say yesterday? <laughs> exactly. Mm. Maybe not. But Celebrity MasterChef or Celebs on the Farm Definitely, says Anne. Yeah. Do, you do you want me doing celebrity bake-off? <laughs> no, definitely. Definitely not do doing that. Do you the handshake? Um, no. We, we spoke to uh, Jane Couch earlier on telling us about Sir Anne Jones buying the rights to her life story. Mm. Uh, we read today that Frank Bruno as well, his, his autobiography, mm. Let Me Be Frank, is being turned into a movie. Yes. I mean, boxing is a, is a fairly rich theme, isn't it? It's proved over makes, the years yeah, in TV it makes it good. and, and it's dramatic, on cinema. It's a yeah, dramatic yeah, yeah. thing. So, uh, sorry to see that uh, Glenn Hoddle has been, uh, well, they say axe has been dropped. Well, we're going to talk, talk to Martin yeah, about this very, later, very aren't we? Great pity. We're both big fans of Glenn and his uh, co-commentary. Tells you things that you don't necessarily see. So, yeah, there you we'll go. see what Martin makes of that mm. later on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Well, we talk magnet fishing. Let's head back to Old Trafford, get an update from John Norman. And, oh, the Pakistan uh, wicket keeper's up in the air. He thinks they've got another wicket. And, oh, uh, look at Jofra there. Is he walking off, John? Well, he's not smiling. He was smiling a minute ago when uh, Pakistan went for a review for caught behind 
Um, and that was shown to be going the way of the batsman, but I think he's walking off now. 197 for nine. I was talking about the uh, the leg spinner that we hadn't even seen bowl yet. So successful had uh, the other four uh, Pakistani bowlers uh, been. Uh, well, it's shut up calm with uh, the ninth wicket and just getting another delivery to uh, to turn from the straight, not even out the rough, really, uh, taking a, a thin edge and Rizwan behind the stumps. He's been flawless, has taken the catch. So Archer goes for 16 and, uh, oh, well, we're one wicket away from Pakistan batting again with a huge first innings uh, lead. They lead by 129, England 197 for nine. Could you have an hour with Butler in the nets? How much do you think he'd want? <laughs> Honestly, does Ed Smith sit there thinking, what a waste of time having a wicketkeeper that can actually keep wicket? Look, I mean, the, th- the thing is with Butler, he actually batted to his average earlier. He averages about 31, he scored 38. The guy is not a wicketkeeper, essentially. Uh, the reason he's in the side, remember, go back two years, okay? IPL is taking place in India, and Joss Butler is opening the batting, I think, for Mumbai Indians. He uh, was had been promoting up the order after not scoring a run. He hit five fifties in a row at mm. the top of the order in T20 cricket against a white ball. Ed Smith threw him into the test side as a batsman, as a uh, non-wicket-keeping batsman, playing at number seven. They've persevered with him for two years. Uh, and he isn't the reason that England have struggled over the last two years, not the only reason, uh, but that's why he's in the side. Now, of course, we had a perfectly good wicket-keeping batsman at number seven at that time, yeah. and his name was Johnny Bairstow. He scored more centuries playing test cricket than Joss Butler has managed in his entire first-class career. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now, England have mucked around with Johnny Bairstow. I never thought he'd make it as a number five, but he was perfectly adequate to, as a number six or number seven wicketkeeper batsman he's been jettisoned Butler's been persevered with um, and questions are going to be asked and have been asked about why that is yeah mm. well they were fairly ruthless in the end yeah. with Denley when it I'll comes say, to it they make a change oh so. well, you say that but I feel for Butler because you know white ball he's, he's one brilliant. of the best mm. players in the world you know he should, doesn't deserve this yeah. you know it's, it's not fair on him he's just not up to the job it's clear that he's not up to the job so why keep picking him it's hopeless <laughs> John thank you back to you later uh, John Norman, and you've got folks, you've got the, the best wicket keeper of all, really, yeah. who can also bat brilliantly. So. Yes, it's, uh, and certainly can bat test level. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's got something about him, so, yeah. Let's move on and go magnet fishing, shall we? Mm. It's uh, it, it kind of, you know, fairly self-explanatory. It's fishing with magnets, but you don't catch fish. You catch sometimes uh, hand grenades, uh, sometimes old bike frames. Yeah, you've got to be a bit careful with this. Yeah. yeah. Um, James Haskell, former England rugby player, is someone who's uh, hooked on, well, I didn't mean hooked, that's terrible, but um, he enjoys a bit of uh, magnet mm. fishing, as does our next guest, who's uh, something of an official Leonardo. Uh, Nigel Lamford, good afternoon, Nigel. Good afternoon, how are you? Good, You're thank good. you. Are you a traditional uh, fisher person as well? Do you get down the bank and do a bit of fishing, or is it only magnets that interest you? Many years ago, I used to do normal fishing, but um, I like something that's a bit faster moving. I think um, sitting there waiting for the fish, you could go a whole day and get nothing, but with magnet fishing, you never have that problem. So what got you into it? When did you first try this? Uh, October 2018. Oh, blimey, so fairly recently then. And, um, yeah. and did, what was your, can you remember your first day? What did you catch first day? Well, the first day I actually went on my own, we got a BMX and sawn-off shotgun. 
<laughs> in the keen there. It's great. It's isn't unbelievable it? what's in there. Wow. That, I mean, there's quite a lot of the stuff you find there. I mean, a sawn off shotgun, it's probably not been used um, in, in the Olympics, has it? I mean, no, so you, no. do you have to pass a lot of this stuff on to the police? Yeah, well, um, all guns, explosives have to go to the police. I've now had 21 guns in the past, or of 18 months. Wow. Um, sawn offs are quite common. I think I got my fifth one a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> And did the police ever get back to me and say, thanks for that gun, we were looking for that, it was used in a robbery somewhere. Do they have a, do they have a report back, Nigel? Do you hear what happens with your booty? No. The thing is, with most of the guns that I've found, they've all been old. I mean, yeah. with um, shotguns, I can't get ballistics from. And because a lot of the guns are so rusty, the, the chamber would have changed. So even if they could free it off and make it work again, the rifle in the barrel would be different. They wouldn't be able to identify a bullet from, fired from that and match it to a crime. Mm. I mean, there have been some incidents, haven't there? Quite dangerous incidents. You have to be so careful. You, I mean, quite a lot of people have brought up grenades and, as we said, mortars. So it's it's a dangerous business. It is, yeah. I've had three grenades now. Um, it, the, the first one's always the worst because, you, you know, you've got that little bit of a panic. You don't know what to do with it and things like that. But I think it's like anything. If you're not sure what it is and you think there's a chance it's explosive, Put it in a bucket of water and ring the police. Don't take any chance with it. Something that you're not sure about, if it, any resemblance to an explosive, don't play with it. Keep it in a bucket of water because when they're wet, they're a lot better because as they dry out, they become more volatile. So you need to really keep them wet. Just keep everyone away from it and ring the police. And don't pull the pin. No. I was also <laughs> reading that uh, <laughs> you somebody found some parking meters with money in them. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable, oh, isn't it? I've still got two of them in my garage that I haven't opened yet, but I have got two that are full of money. They're um, early 80s parking metres. Um, they're, they're still full. I mean, I've had over a dozen this year. It's amazing in London how many parking metres you find. Doesn't that belong to the local authority? I mean, you, can you, are you allowed to keep that and keep the booty from it? Well, I did actually speak to them and said about it, and they said, well, they're so old now, we're not interested because they don't use that type of parking metre anymore. Some of them from the 70s some from the 80s, early 90s, right. and they've got no interest in them. It's sort of under underwater detectorists. I mean, um, what, what, over the years, uh, have you heard of kind of great finds, very valuable finds? I don't think anyone's ever found anything really valuable. I mean, there is people that found safes with odd bits of gold in them, but like very minimal, not to the degree of saying, you know, I've hit the jackpot. Uh, we find a lot of saves. We find a lot of things like passports, credit cards, silver jewellery, costume jewellery, because the thieves are only interested in gold. They're not interested in anything else. So literally, it's back in the safe, toss it off the bridge, and off they go. Right. I mean, the, the, the darkest one we mentioned earlier on, was it you, Nigel, who found a severed hand at one point? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, yeah, I'm sure you, you do. Wow, we. <laughs> what a yeah, shock. It wasn't real, but... Um, oh, it wasn't. Oh, good. <laughs> No, when I actually lifted that, we had ITV there filming at the time, um, doing a piece for the news, and the guy was there, and I lifted this heavy weight out, and it was all, like, wrapped in cling film, and I sort of peeled the cling film back, and there's a finger poking out. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's not good, I'll leave that. So we rung the police before we know there's police cars everywhere, the road shut off, they're shutting the river off and everything, and um, then the... the um, water authority come down you know they were literally going to put airbags around the area to stop anyone going in there and forensics came down after about 45 minutes he said it was a prosthetic hand um and yeah it was i'm glad about it to be honest with you but it is a shock when you pull back polythene and a finger's there of course well yeah, yeah. the police aren't particularly mm. keen on on magnet fishing are they have they asked you to stop at any point 
varies. Each area is dependent, you see. I mean, some police forces have advised me to give it up. You know, there's not actually a law for, you know, to stop me from doing it. But they say they don't have the time and resources for things. Whereas, in all fairness, in London, the Metropolitan Police have actually thanked us. They're actually really grateful. It's a totally different atmosphere and different areas, different police forces. The attitude is completely different. Mm, that's interesting. Would you regard it as a sport, Nigel? It keeps you fit, I'll say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a sport. I think, you know, it's like treasure hunting treasure hunting underwater and i think that's the appeal because you never know what's coming next and that's why its popularity has risen so much in the, the last 12 months even mm. there's so many people doing it and i mean pulling all that rubbish out of the water it's good for the environment i mean we pull out a lot of motorbikes leaking fuel and oil in there so yeah. it can only be a good thing how, how much do the magnets cost how much does the kit cost to do mm. it I use one called the Beast from Online Magnets. That's £180 for that one. Right. It is the dearest magnet you can actually get. Um, but in my opinion, it's the best you can get. I mean, it's got a pull strength of half a tonne. Um, that's what it'll actually pull. And um, there's not much it misses, let's put it that way. Other people go there to an area with smaller magnets, fishing for 10 hours, and on the first pull, that will start pulling things. It's so heavy, mm. when it goes into the silt, it sinks. And it gets the next layer down, you see, where the lighter magnets only skim the top. Right. And finally, have you got a favourite catch? Is there one thing, however quirky, whatever it is, that, that you say is your number one favourite? Probably my cannonball from the 17th century. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Do you use a fishing rod with it? No, you just want no, a rope on it. Yeah, 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 blimey, you'd need a bit of tension on that. It'd be yeah, like landing a great white, wouldn't it? <laughs> blimey, yeah, if you've got a use... cannonball to pick up on a rod, <laughs> do you use a rod? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> of course you don't. We just use heavy rope that, you know, in case the magnet gets stuck, because they do sometimes, and then we use a two-ton winch or a car to pull it out the water. So, oh, no, it's good, okay. strong rope. Good yeah, stuff. Very interesting stuff, Nigel. Thanks very much for joining us. Not a problem. I enjoyed it. There we are, Nigel Lamford. There, we could have fisherman's blues with Nigel Botherway. Then <laughs> yeah. we could have magnet fisherman's blues with Nigel Lamford, couldn't we? <laughs> Picking up after uh, uh, nine o'clock. We've got to get Nigel's more finished. people catching cannonballs. We got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, I really did think it was a fishing rod. I thought no, like you can, no, you can, it's, a, sort of it's a magnet on them. Because if you think about it, mm. if you've got a rod and you're trying to pick up a cannonball or a parking <laughs> yeah, no, meter, I see that now, you yeah. imagine, oh, I'm, I'm going to let yeah. you just... It's a rope. Probably why I've never done magnet fishing. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Uh, England's uh, innings is finished here with the details before we speak to Martin Kellner, uh, John Norman. Yeah, it's not often Andy's laughing as uh, England lose a wicket, but uh, I guess the white flag really uh, being put up at Old Trafford. England bowled out for 219. Jimmy Anderson, it is a bit strange. His favourite shot is a reverse sweep. He's actually quite proficient at it, but it's been his undoing there. LBW should have Khan for seven. So spin accounting for all six wickets to fall today. And England have to bat last on this pitch. So it really, uh, wherever you look, it does not bode well. Brilliant at times from Yassir Shah, a forfer. But uh, credit must also go in that morning session. Only one wicket fell, uh, but England only added 67 runs to their overnight score. And uh, I tell you what, Nassim Shah, uh, Shaheen Afridi and also Mohamed Abbas uh, will uh, pose more of a threat or get more just reward after brilliant spells earlier today. Right, over to England's bowlers. What can they do? England bowled out. 219. I was laughing because the, the the lead is 107. So if you take out the 110 runs Butler cost, <laughs> would have been a lead of three. Would have been quite a good test match, this. Yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> well played. Thank you, John. Back to you later on. Uh, Martin Kellner joins us. Squad number nine. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon to you, boys. Uh, I <clears> suspect, <throat> I get the impression that uh, Andy's not keen on Joss Butler. He's not a massive fan at the no, moment. No, massive no. fan of his one-day play. I think he's one of the best in the world, but not as a test player. Mm. Yeah, but that's kind of not his fault. The that's selectors keep fault. picking him. Yeah. Um, mm. Martin, what, what have, yeah. what, before we start, we mentioned earlier on, the news that emerged that uh, Glenn Hoddle has been axed, as a, they say in the papers, they act as co-commentator for a ITV's England Games. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, look, I know he gets a, a lot of heat, uh, but, uh, I mean, I love the fella as well. He's one of my heroes. Yes. But I think he's a very, very good pundit. He tells me things I, I, I don't know and I can't see when he's watching football he's matches. He's not Stephen Fry, you know, yes. the way he articulates things, but he yeah, does but know the game. He tells you things you don't know. Surely you want that from an expert summariser, don't you, and a pundit? Um, yeah, absolutely. I've not heard that news, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think he's really good. I don't know. Who are they, they going to replace him with? Lee Dixon, who does do games. Lee's, Lee's not Lee's, bad, Lee's, yeah. Lee's very good, but it just seems a shame when you've got some. I mean, I'll take it Glenn will still do BT Sport. He just won't be doing ITV, yeah. but, it, it, uh, I, you know, it does seem a shame, really. Yeah, and the good thing about Glenn is he's not on Twitter with a, with a, huge, uh, with a huge video, you know, <laughs> sneaking down the barrel of the camera <laughs> to tell you how scandalous it is. Actually, <laughs> it's interesting you're talking about the cricket because mm. uh, one of the programmes I watched this week was The Edge uh, which I know oh, you've seen it yeah. it's yeah. a brilliant show oh, it's, it's brilliant a brilliant show. film isn't it it's very very mm. good yeah yeah it's very good, it's very literate, uh, and obviously, if you've not seen it, well worth seeing if you're at all interested in cricket. It's uh, basically, it charts uh, England's uh, rise when they were bottom of the world in 2009, uh, right up to the uh, top of the world, yeah. which I suspect they're not today. And the pressure, and the pressure, yeah, the pressure not, that's what's yeah, interesting Yeah, the pressure, about Jonathan it. Trott, especially those interviews with Trott yeah. and how it affected him, the pressure of playing the game and the travel and uh, you know it was it's it's, it's yeah. tough watch isn't it at times 
I still, but it's so clear. I mean, the, the way they sum it all up, it's brutal, intense, exposing your demons. It's about having all the time in the world till the moment it matters, then you've got half a second. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's summed up cricket much better than that. No, it's um, good. Yeah, it describes the climb as a sweat fueled tear-soaked, life-changing climb, which wow. I believe Pepsi Cola did take us a sweat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a callback there, a callback yeah. to last week. Uh, just before I leave the lives and deaths of uh, Sonny Liston, which I did mention yeah. uh, the program is called Pariah, and Great. I've been point yeah I've been pointing people in the direction of this. It's on Sky, <laughs> and you can watch it on Sky's sort of catch-up thing. Um, there was just one bit that really amused me because it, it's a Greek tragedy, and it's you know you always knew uh, it was going to end something like that for Sonny Liston, uh, and it was in his latter days when he was uh, hanging around West Side Las Vegas, really really crime-ridden area, uh, dealing drugs, and they were talking about the, the crime and the level of crime there. And the bar that he used to deal drugs from, uh, in that one bar alone, there were 16 murders in one year. Oh, and what amused goodness. me was the name of the bar. It was called Friendlies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You couldn't make it up. You could oh, not make dear. it up, could you? That's, That's not ideal, is it? So what, no. what else have we watched this week, Martin, that we Well, liked? loads of stuff, actually. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, a lot of programmes are clip shows. Yeah, so basically, they they're, mm. they're, yeah, they're trying to find the most creative way to put clips together. I, I mean, having knocked the BBC a week or two ago uh, mm. about over-plugging Jack Whitehall's Sporting Nation mm. because it was, you know, they were plugging it like every break, um, it was actually very good. I, you know, he's a very, um, quite a charming character, actually, mm. and quite quite winning. I, I did enjoy it. You know, they've dealt with different aspects of sport, underdogs, they've dealt with class, uh, and all elements of sport. It was well-written, wasn't it, I thought? Well, it was mm. well-written, and, and, you know, like I say, he's he's quite an appealing person. Uh, he makes the most of him being a, a posh boy. Um, but it was good. You know, the clips are good, obviously, because, of, you know, it's the 1985 Steve Davis, Dennis Taylor final, all that sort of stuff. So that was quite good. Uh, another programme making the most of the clips is uh, on Channel 4, uh, Jurgen Klopp, did you can find this on all four? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, Germany's greatest uh, export. And uh, again, well, not so much a clip show, more of a Klopp show. Hey. Uh, thank you. Thank you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm here all week. We're well, not here all week, week I'm, here, I'm here all bloody night. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, uh, Jurgen Klopp, Germany's greatest export, narrowly beating the Ritter Sport chocolate bar. Um, it was it was quite good. I mean, it was a, it was a load of clips basically, and they managed to get lots of clips from the history of Liverpool. The uh, the premise of the program being that thirty years they never won the championship and they got it under Klopp. They also got some interesting uh, sponsorship, uh, Erdinger Weissbrau, oh, yeah. uh, which I've never oh, yeah. seen. Is that a good well? Is that a well-known beer? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah Erdinger's nice. Yeah, nice Jürgen nice. advertises that. Doesn't yeah, he? He's yeah. Ah, uh, does he? It. Yeah. Oh, well, they sponsored it. I heard it. I thought it was one of those sort of uh, faux-Germanic beers. Oh, no, it's it's the real thing. It's the real thing, is it? Fair enough. I I thought you've had a pint of Erdinger, I'd reckon. Oh, I've had, yes, and and the Vice beer as well, yeah. 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 Very quickly here, it's it's fascinating. We all know that the the tabloid press hate the BBC and all that, but this is a letter from a bloke from Manchester, Ray Burnside. He says, the BBC can afford to give free licence to over 75s, (laughs) given it pays Gary Lineker two million a year to present Match of the Day. Any ex footballer or a decent presenter could do it and you think 
What do no. you know about it? You're a TV producer. Have you ever done it? You've got no clue at all. It's fascinating the way these people write as if they know about it. Gary Linick is a pretty good presenter, I think. Hey, well, a very good presenter. Mm. I actually, uh, if you read my book, uh, I mean, not that I make any money out of my book these days, but yeah. there are various copies available from charity shops. Anyway... It's a good um, read. I enjoyed it. Very good. Well, bless you. Bless yeah. you. Sit um, down so, and cheer. Sit down and cheer is the title, but like I say, I make no money from it, so I couldn't care less whether people uh, (laughs) buy it or or not. And the the really great clips that were on the the show about Jurgen Klopp, uh, Germany's greatest export, were the ones of him doing a quiz show. Have you seen this before? He was a... Yes. Oh, you've seen that? I've never seen those. Yes, I've not seen it before. I saw it this week um, because of it. I think somebody put it on Twitter and it was was very young Jurgen Klopp, wasn't it? Very young Jurgen Klopp. He was playing for Mainz at the time, wasn't he, I think? He wasn't German quiz ball, was it? No, no, no. He wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't. It was a bit like a sort of three-two-one type thing, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah, and the the presenter thought he was funny and, you know, he'd Mm. make jokes about Mainz not being Bayern Munich and that sort of thing. Um, And uh, Jurgen Klopp showed what the sort of... the calm character of the years was taking it all. But one of the rounds of the quiz show was exactly like that two Ronnie sketch where you yeah. answer the question before mm. and then it's funny because it's oh, yeah, the it's next good. question. Yeah. yeah, so they'd nick that directly from uh, from the two Ronnies. But um, they had a sort of like a Ted Rogers type figure yeah. uh, present, presenting the show. Uh, probably uh, one of those presenters you'd love to hate. Uh, but, it's, you know, <laughs> the Jurgen Klopp story is a great story uh, anyway. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, it's well worth well worth watching. But if I was to recommend one show this week, if you mm. haven't seen it, The Edge, because as you know, I'm not much of an expert on cricket. No. Um, but I, you know, I do recognise the psychological pressures of cricket, and obviously we know there's a there's quite high high suicide rate amongst cricketers and all that. You know, we know what the pressure is, but this show really does bring it home to you. You know, if you don't understand yeah. cricket well that's it the mark of how good a documentary is yeah. if, if you're not a particularly big cricket fan and, and it held your attention then that, that yeah. says a lot really doesn't it Martin I'd say totally yeah, yeah. No, that, that's a great show it's the one that I would you know pull out amongst all others but certainly if you want to see Jürgen Klopp playing a quiz show in Germany Staubig <laughs> Mulema Staubig Mulema is yeah. that his name yeah. no it's Dusty Bin in German oh okay <laughs> I was translated you know he puts he puts the work in handy <laughs> doesn't he the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Thanks uh, very much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget that the uh, Clips of the Week podcast is available too from where you got this one. But uh, we'll catch up with you on Monday. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.